Hello and welcome to the Journey Church podcast, streaming live from Queens, New York. We're really glad that you decided to join us today. Whether you're a member, attend regularly, or this is your first time with us, we want to let you know we appreciate you. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. So we want to welcome you guys. My name is Mike. I'm the lead pastor here. I've been with our church for about 10 years now, and it's an honor to serve the Journey Church Queens and an honor to have you guys uh, here back with us. Let's dive in today. Last week, we kicked off a series called Detours, and we said the last 18 months, the last 19 months has been everything that a detour would be, right? Reconnecting, going this way. And so last week we talked about how do we move forward in our faith personally, right? How do we move forward in our walk with God? Today what we're going to talk about is how do we move forward as a church, right? It's been 19 months since we've last met. How do we move forward together as a church for the next wave or for the next future that God has for us? Now, before we do that, I want you to take a trip down memory lane because everywhere I go, whether I'm walking the streets or driving, every place I go, if it's a restaurant or Home Depot or Panera Bread, anywhere, there's this big sign out. Every company says we're hiring, right? Everywhere is hiring right now. And so I want you to think back, what was the first job that you ever had? Way, way, way back in the day. What was that first job that you ever had? What was it? Maybe working for a paper company, Dunner Mifflin, right? Uh, maybe it was helping your school. Maybe it was being a lifeguard. You were fit and you knew how to do CPR and all that. What was your first job that you ever had? And someone share with me. Well, what was the first job that you ever had? Anybody willing to share? What was it? Come on, let me hear it. McDonald's, all right, somebody loud and proud, right, $5.15 minimum wage, woo right, and burger flipper for the name of Jesus, right, and all that to all beef patties, all right, anyone else, what was the first job? Babysitter, right, that, that's a, a basically an easy job depending on the kids, right, just keep them alive and put them to bed, right, that's basically it, keep them alive put them to bed and have all the emergency contact info just in case, right? All right, so babysitter, anyone else? What, what was a first-time job? Rain, what was your first job? Our job was retail. Retail? Yes. All right, at a particular store, Macy's? Uh, Gap. Oh, the Gap. Uh, Rain, you look like a Gap model, so I think so, right? So Rain was one of those the original commercials at Gap. Rain was one of the models at Gap. All right, one more. What was the first job that you ever had? Sophie? Big Animal Hospital in Manhattan. And we know in New York, you're going to get any and every kind of animal, right? It could be dogs and it could be like iguanas. What in the world, you know? I never understood why people have guinea pigs as a pet. Like the only time it's awake is when I'm asleep. But anyway, Uh, but you know, so Animal Hospital in Manhattan. Very cool. So my first job that I ever had Someone shared it already. It was the Golden Arches. It was Mickey D's McDonald's, right? And so here's the thing, right? In our health conscious era right now, where we're all about avocado toast and all that stuff, egg whites only and all that stuff. And if that's you, that's cool. But here's the deal. McDonald's sells literally 6 billion burgers a year. And there's 300 people or 300 million people living here. Six billion burgers, 300 million people living here. 
Somebody's lying when they say they don't go to McDonald's. I mean, come on. McDonald's is often known as the king of the fast food industry, right? Of course, there's Chick-fil-A, there's Wendy's, there's Burger King. If you're, if you're crazy, you like Sonic, right? But no other company has had more franchises in the world than this company called McDonald's. So they were a growing company, but back in the early 2000s, McDonald's was facing a growing crisis. Mm. Uh, for the first time ever, their sales was actually in decline. They were actually closing more restaurants than they were opening. And so all the company executives met together and they were trying to figure out why. Like, why are we closing more than we're opening? And when they got to the bottom of it, what they realized was that they had strayed away from their values. They had abandoned the very principles that got them to where they were, and they began to chase the latest fads. And they began to, instead of being the model, they began to follow everyone else. In other words, at one point in time, the main thing wasn't the main thing anymore. And they drifted away from their values. It wasn't until they got back to what was important and they got back to their values that they began to rise again. Now, what does this have to do with you and me, right? I promise you McDonald's is not sponsoring me to sell you three for $6, right? <laughs> At no, but why it's important for us is because let's face it, it has been 18 to 19 months since we last really met together as a church on a weekly basis. Now our church is about 12 years old and I would say that the last 18 months we have faced the biggest and greatest challenge in our church's history. And a big piece of this, it was determining what are the values that we put into place. I'll never forget when we had to shut the doors to our church, I was literally, I shared a story often, but I was literally in Disney World. Like we're waiting in line and it's a small world after all. Uh, we're going to shut down the doors to our church. Blake, I'll be right there. Save me a spot in that whatever ride it is, Pirates of the Caribbean. And, you know, and none of us knew, none of us predicted that it would be this long before we met again as a church. We faced our greatest challenge, shifting away from meeting weekly in person to an online strategy for a little bit, and now back to in-person services and to reach our community again. Mm. And so the biggest question is, what now? Right? Like, what does God have in store for our church? What does he have in store for our community here in Forest Hills and Central Queens? And how do we shift and move forward and step into all that God has for us? I think it all ties back to our values. Let me start with this. I'm going to read a verse here. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. How did the church begin? How did not only Journey Queens, but specifically, how did the overall church begin? Here's what it says. Jesus is talking to a guy named Peter, and he says these words. He says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, mm -hmm. and upon this rock, I will build my church. And then I love this last part. He says, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, I love it because Jesus is speaking to this guy who's just an ordinary dude, right? He gets in trouble for putting his foot in his mouth. 
I mean, if Peter were alive today, he probably would be a New Yorker, right? Speaks before he thinks, right? He says what he said, you know? And so Peter here has this great challenge that he doesn't see himself as how God sees him. And Jesus says, I'm going to utilize you to build this thing called the church. What's the church? Don't worry about it because I'm building the church. And then he says, all the powers of hell will not be able to conquer it. Now, how did Journey Church begin? It began way back in 2008, 2009. Mm. The Journey Church at the time was a growing and thriving church in Midtown Manhattan. And they began to realize and pray about what's next for their church. And they realized that they got this little pocket of people from Forest Hills, Queens, from Kew Gardens, from Regal Park. And they, they had this daring idea, this daring faith of what if we plant a location in central Queens. What could be possible with that? And so they had a brainstorming meeting where they invited people to come be a part of an apartment uh, apartment meeting and 25 people showed up in a crowded New York apartment. 25 people, that's tight, right? Like that's a lot of people in an apartment building. And that's what began. 25 people in an apartment building with just a dream of what could be possible grew this church to what it is today, to where we can literally say, Jesus is building his church. The powers of hell, including COVID-19, will not be able to conquer this church, right? Amen. And so when we started, we came up with this idea of what our values are going to be. And we shared this a few years ago, and, and I feel like it's appropriate for us to share this again. What are our values? And I think this is perfect if you're new here because you're like, what's this church all about? Mm -hmm. This is the service to attend, to learn what is Journey all about. If you've been a part of our church since the very beginning, this is a great refresher to remind us that, you know what, COVID doesn't have the final say. We're still moving forward to what God has for us. So mm -hmm. I want to just walk you through what our values are and because I'm a pastor, I made them all spell out the word journey. Isn't that cool? I mean, hey, amen. God is in this house. If you can have a message and it all spells out journey, he is here. Amen. Or, or maybe that's the fragrance of popcorn that I'm smelling. But hey, I feel good. All right, so here we go. What are we about? Number one, the first thing we got to realize is that Jesus is always our top priority. Jesus is always our top priority. Now, back in the day, we used to have membership classes, and we would often say this phrase at our membership classes, and we would say that everyone needs to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Everyone needs to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. When we look at the outside world today, they're living for the American dream, right? What's the American dream? More money, more money, more money, and more money. But more money equals what? It equals more problems, right? And so sometimes we're chasing a dream that really just becomes a nightmare sometimes. And so it's only in Christ that we find our hope. It's only in Christ that you and I that we find our meaning in this life and significance for this life. Psalm 127 verse 1, it says it like this. I love this next verse. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is useless. I mean, we, we can honestly end the message right there, right? Who is building your house right now, right? Is it you or is it God? Because if it's you, you're going to end up frustrated, tired, 
and at the end of your rope. And see, too many times people pursue the wrong things, whether it's money or career or family or fame or power or comfort or social or even political causes. But see, when we pursue these things to find our significance and our fulfillment, we actually become enslaved to that very thing that we're chasing. We'll work ourselves to the bone to achieve that thing. We're, then we're going to live in fear that we might lose that very thing that we worked hard for. Or, or we live with this idea that we're never going to get that thing or anger that we cannot get it. The scripture is clear. It says, in Christ, are we satisfied? In other words, we don't have to enter that rat race. We pursue him. And that's what this church is all about. It's really always and it's only going to be about Jesus. And we believe that following Jesus is the best way to live our lives because, to be honest, following him makes us better at life. It makes us better human beings. It makes us better in our relationships. It makes us better employees. And so this isn't a step that we're not going to take without first seeking him, right? Jesus is always our top priority. Number two, the second value is that our mission is going to drive all decision-making, our mission is what drives all decision-making. Now, for, for those of you who might have grown up in church years ago, you probably remember that churches used to have like an old-school sign. You, you know I'm talking about, like an old-school sign, and, uh, and maybe not so much here in the city, but if you go outside this city, you'll see old-school church signs. And I remember one time we drove by an old-school church sign, and it spelled the letters C-H underscore underscore C-H. Then it said, what's missing? You are. <laughs> you get, get it, C-H, you, uh, church, spells church, you, you uh. And so sometimes these signs, they're, they're a little cheesy sometimes, right? Like if you think Dairy Queen Sundays are better, you got to try our Sunday services, <laughs> right? And, and, and there's some awkward signs that can be made over the time. And I want to share with you just a couple other funny, awkward ones. And, uh, you know, so let me share ones that church signs, they just didn't get it right when they were trying this. Here's one of my favorites. It was titled, this is said, Sunday Sermon, What is Hell? Next slide, come early to hear our choir. <laughs> okay. All right. Then, then here's another one, right? Uh, another one, it said this, it was titled, Youth Group Basketball Game. Then it said, comma, come watch us kill Christ the King. Uh, Christ the King was the name of the school. That's awkward, right? And here's another one, another one that I don't recommend, but I thought it was hilarious. It said, join our new tithing campaign. Then the next line says, our pastor upped his pledge, up yours. Oh, no, don't know, up nobody's, right? And see, I share all these things to, to kind of get us the idea that words matter. Right, especially when it comes to a mission statement, who you are, what you're about, because your mission defines who you are, but it also defines who you're not. And so all of our activities since the day we began is always about our mission statement, from Sunday services to ministry beyond the city, to our missions pledges, to growth groups. It all stems from our mission statement. So, so what is that mission statement? Let's put it up here on the screen. It says this, the journey's mission statement is that we exist to give the people of Metro New York City the best opportunity to become fully developing followers of Jesus, right? So we exist as a church, we always will, to give the people of Metro New York City, 
The 75,000 here in Forest Hills, the, the 2.3 million that live in Queens, the 10 plus million that live in the surrounding areas. We want to give them the best opportunity to become fully developing followers of Jesus. And really what this means is that we believe every person matters to God, even if God doesn't matter to them. We believe every person matters to God, even if God doesn't matter to them. Jesus didn't come to this world, die for Christians only. No, he, he gave up his life for the entire world. And so our goal is not to exist as a holy huddle, but to reach those who are far from God. And when we make decisions, we want it to stem from our mission statement. All right, letter U is uphold God's word above culture. Mm. What is our church about? We want to uphold God's word above culture. Mm. Let's face it, we live in a culture today that is really confused about what does it mean to be a Christ follower. I mean, if we were to ask 100 people here at the street fair right afterwards, mm. what does it mean to be a Christian? You're going to get 100 different answers. And that gets really confusing, especially here in the city, because, you know, things that might have been black and white at a season now have become gray. And if you don't believe what culture believes or accepts, then sometimes they'll say, well, you're judgmental or you're intolerant. And I think that gets very dangerous. So let me just say this. We believe that God's word is still the standard that we're going to live our lives by. God's word is not just this fairy tale book with really cute stories. It's not a book that's out of touch with today's reality or today's society. We believe God's word never changes. And so we're not going to mold our faith according to culture, but we're going to filter culture through the lens of God's word. Mm. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says it like this. It says, for the word of God is alive and it's powerful. It is sharper than the two, sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So an important thing for you and for me is we've got to get in God's word. In fact, Pedro alluded to this earlier, but it's important to spend that first 15 minutes a day with God. I don't know about you, but usually when I wake up, the first thing I check is my phone. That's a very bad habit. I know. I'm trying to break free from it, right? I just hit slide and I check email. Oh, that's even worse, right? Because sometimes you can check email and you see this huge log and immediately you're stressed coming out of bed. Or you check Twitter and that's even more stressful. What happened in those 10 hours I slept? No, you shouldn't sleep. Uh, whatever hours that I slept, right? And sometimes we read that, oh man, I'm really stressed. I want to encourage you, the first place you should start your day off in is reading God's word. Let it be the tone that, that is set for the rest of the day. Find your worth, find your value in the principles that are found in God's word, not in what's in Apple News or what's, what Wall Street Journal might say. Amen? Amen? All right, number four, the fourth thing about us is we want to always remember people above process. We always want to remember people above process. Now, back when the pandemic first began, I kind of had this moment of like, now, now what do we do, right? Like when all of a sudden I'm not going to the office at this moment, like nobody's riding the subways. What do I do now? Mm -hmm. And so this crazy thought popped in my mind of like, Mike, why don't you exercise? Why don't you go running? Why? Why? No, just some of you runners here, man, I'm proud of you, man. Uh, some of you do marathons. Somebody's training for a marathon coming up. 
For me, man, my marathon is just walking to my car because I've parked pretty far away. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, so, so I came up with this idea of like, okay, let me run, let me exercise, let me, let me get fit per se and stuff. And, and I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, just kind of, I, I used to run from my apartment down Queens Boulevard all the way to Continental Avenue and then down to Metropolitan and back. And usually when I go running, I think about one thing and one thing only. It's Jesus save me. Like, just make sure I get home to my kids, right? Now, but, you know, this one time that I was running, I had some worship music on, and I was just kind of using it as a time of prayer and just letting God speak to me. And as I was running down Continental right here, right here on 71st, I happened to run past three homeless people right in that little area from Queens Boulevard right up to, uh, to Austin Street, that very small stretch. Mm-hmm. And then once you pass Austin Street and once you pass the train station, mm-hmm. you're running past some of the, the nicest homes and some, some of the wealthiest areas in all of Queens. In fact, some of these homes are valued at 12 million. So, so if anybody's got extra 12 million, hook up brother. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, so half a mile, and I thought about this, all in just half a mile. I'm right next to the poorest of the poor Mm. and the richest of the rich. And as I was listening to worship music, this thought popped in my mind that Jesus loves both equally. Mm. You know, today's society, we kind of do, right? We kind of look down on people for how hard they work or how much their net worth is and this and that. But in all honesty, Jesus died for all He didn't say, let me check your social security number first. He didn't say, let me check your driving record. Thank God, right? But he said he gave up his life for everyone. His heart was broken over people, not a religious institution. And so as a church, we need to be welcoming of everyone. Jesus reminds us of this, and he says this in Matthew 25, verse 40. If we put it up on the screen, he says, And the king will tell them, I assure you, that when you did it to the least of one of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And so as we look ahead, right, well, what does God have for our church for the future? I believe that God wants us to do two things as we're moving forward as a church. First, we've got to re-engage with our community again. I mean, these 18 months, culture has changed like no other. Our community is totally different. And and one of the things that I used to really get under my skin when I first uh, was working here at The Journey is I would interact with someone who was brand new at our church, right? They would just show up and they would ask a question, hey, pastor, how long have you guys been here? And I'd say, well, we've been here for 10 years, 11 years. Mm. And they would say, huh, I've never heard of you. Mm. Oh, that, that, that bothers me. And The reason why is like, we should not be the best kept secret. We have a message that is literally life and death for those who are perishing. And we've got to get the word out. And so we've got to build our influence to our neighbors. We've got to learn to love our neighbors better, not just by word, but by deed. I mean, can you imagine if we adopted a a block? Can Can you imagine if we adopted a park and just met the needs of that block each year and just kind of grew and expanded it. Could could you imagine if we adopted a school here in Forest Hills and provided everything for them? Mm. 
teachers need supplies. And what if it didn't come out of their personal budget? But we said, Journey Church wants to support you and be there for them. Uh, you know, right now we see a lot of tension still between the police department and, and, and our community as well. And what if we as a ministry said we're here to bridge the gap and we're here to show God's love just because we love you and we care about you. But we've also got to expand our reach. The second thing we've got to do is further our reach beyond New York City and reach out to the world. I mean, what if we sent out a mission team from our church to every continent in the world, except for Antarctica? I mean, people from Antarctica need the Lord too. But what if we went to every continent and just kind of share the message of Christ? Right before the pandemic, we were literally building wells in Zambia, Africa? What if we expanded upon that and brought clean drinking water to villages? What if we used our financial resources to sponsor church plants around here? What if we could partner with orphan children so that way they could go to school half a world away and have all the resources that they need? I believe that all of that is possible. But as a church, we've got to elevate people above process. The fifth one, Letter N is that numbers always tell a story. Numbers always tell a story. We've said this since the beginning of time in our church. We believe every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. When we started doing this online church thing, it was like, I barely know my Facebook account. How are we going to do this for the church and do some live streaming? But ever since we did live streaming, close to 100 people gave their life to Christ in that 18-month period by just logging on and watching our services. Uh, we've seen families still be restored and reunited. We've seen marriages grow and flourish. We've seen kids be born where, you know, they, they weren't born pre-pandemic and now they're born. And we're like, well, families have grown and increased. It's, it's been cool to see. We've had people watching from every continent, people watching from Brazil and tuning in on Zoom with us, people watching from the Philippines. And for us, 10 o'clock in the morning is no big deal. But for them, it was like 11 at night, midnight, and they're watching our services and building community. And from this, we were able to go global and reach many through God's word. It reminds me of this verse here in Luke chapter 15, verse 10. Jesus says this. He says, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. There is joy when one sinner repents. And so we've got to continue to celebrate. We've got to continue. Church ought to be the best place to be, the most exciting place to be. Uh, it should have so much energy that we're just celebrating when God's people come home and are reunited to him. Amen? Amen. All right, let's do two more. All right. Letter E is everything we do is with excellence. All right. Everything we're going to do as a church has to be done with excellence. I'm going to share another fast food story. This time, it's the Christian version of McDonald's Chick-fil-A. How many have had some Chick-fil-A waffle fries in the name of Jesus? Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Don't get me started on Chick-fil-A sauce. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's anointing oil right there. No, I'm just kidding. But so 20 years ago, the executive leadership team of Chick-fil-A actually met together, and they were worried because they couldn't keep up with their competition, which at the time was Boston Market. Now, after a period of intense research and market studies, they came up with this big presentation of five ways to get bigger, faster, and better as a company. But at the time, the president, his name was Truett Cathy, he stopped all the energy in the room and he pounded his fist at the table and he said this phrase, he said, if we get 
better, our customers will demand that we get bigger. If we get better, bigger is going to be a result of that. And he was basically saying that we're focusing on the wrong thing. Excellence matters. Let me share a biblical version of this. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. A great verse here. It says, whatever presents itself for you to do, do it with half your mind. No, it says, do it with what? With all your mind. Right? So in other words, everything we do, if it points to Christ, it matters greatly. And I believe that we're presenting the message of Jesus to a hurting and a broken world. And so if that's true, then the greatest message of all deserves the greatest amount of of excellence. We've got to give it our best effort. Jesus didn't go halfsies with us, so we're not going to go halfsies with Jesus. The greatest message of all deserves our excellence. Now let's go to the letter Y. The last one here is that your complete health is valued. Your complete health is valued. Now this is something that was brought to the forefront this summer with the Summer Olympics. Now, because the Olympics was in Tokyo, Japan, I couldn't stay up late enough to watch it. So I was like, I'm going to read the Twitter feeds, right? And, and one of the biggest things that we always watch every, uh, you know, every Summer Olympics is we always want to watch the gymnastics, right? Mm. Like, I could barely get out of bed. How can they do, like, all those flips and stuff, right? Not but, you know, like, so they do all these things. And one of the biggest, the most prominent name that we all know Simone Biles, right? And it was like, okay, is the competition, how much is she going to beat the competition by? That's what everybody was wondering. And we all woke up with the same news. Wait, wait, what? She, she pulled out, but, but why? What happened? And she pulled out because of mental health. And she taught us all a lesson through that, right? That health is an even greater reward than a gold medal. Right. And so it brought this even to the forefront today. And, and I think, honestly, if I could speak, I, I think, honestly, we're living in a crisis today. Right. To be healthy, not just spiritually or physically, but also the, the need to be healthy mentally and emotionally is huge. It's been said that today's teenagers face the same amount of stress and anxiety as that of a psychiatric patient back in the 1960s. Right. I mean, that's crazy. So I believe that the church ought to be a place where you come to get healthy. Matthew 9, verse 12, it says these words. It says, but when Jesus heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but it's those who are sick. So I believe if you're here today and you're struggling, I want you to know I'm glad you're here. Because I believe that in Christ, we can experience healing. I believe in Christ, we find victory to overcome. No, it's, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And this is tough for so many of us because sometimes we mask who we are before God and before others, right? And so on the outside, we'll say, I'm good. Life is good. Jesus is the man, you know, but in where we, we're broken and we're hurting. And, and I would say even I experienced this during this pandemic, a brief season where I realized that, you know, on the outside, I'm a full-time pastor, but internally I found myself being a part-time follower of Jesus. A full-time pastor, but a part-time follower of Jesus. You know, I, I was good at giving everyone advice, right? How to interpret God's word for their lives, but I found myself barely spending time in God's word. Hmm. You know, I talk with someone and I let them know, I'm going to be praying for you, but 
But then I found that the only time I really prayed was before I ate a meal from Seamless or Grubhub. <laughs> I found that I was a full-time pastor, but a part-time follower of Jesus. And scripture's clear. It says that man looks on the outside, but God's not fooled. God looks at the heart. And in that little season, I realized my heart was cold. And maybe you're here and maybe you can relate. And maybe there was a time when you were fully devoted to Jesus, but now it's kind of a, it's a part-time gig. Maybe now you're a full-time parent or fully engaged in your business or in your hobbies, but only partially devoted to Christ. What do you do if that's you? Well, my hope is that this next verse will comfort you like it comforted me. Look at this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, God will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So what do you do if you realize that you're a part-time follower of Jesus and your heart has grown cold? You follow that scripture verse. You, you seek him and you seek his kingdom. You seek God's will above all else. And so maybe for you, what that means is you've got to set your alarm on your phone and, and wake up before the kids go crazy. And you do that so you can have a quiet time with God before anyone else. Maybe for you, that means that you've got to block off your weekend activities so that your priority is to be in church and to hear God for your life. Maybe for you, it's to take a week off of work and not even go on a vacation, but maybe just to go on a mission trip to serve others. But I don't know what it looks like for you. But what I do know is that it's important to do whatever it takes to seek God first. If God's voice is not the loudest in your life right now, that's a problem. And because if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. So seek him, build your life around him, set standards and values for your life, and follow God's mission for your church. Let's take a moment. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this time where we've been able to look at your word. I thank you for this season where we've had a reminder to uh, look at these values, God, and, and how we not only just follow your will for our life, but how do we elevate what your scripture says, elevate what is important. Some of us here, God, we probably would be honest and say that your voice is not loudest in our life. Your voice is not strongest. And so, God, help us to tune out the noise, tune out all the other things and influences, and to hear you clearly speak in our lives, God. We're going to seek you this week. We're going to seek you with everything within us. And God, we're trusting you to help move us forward today. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.